This is Rabbi Avital Hakstein of Machon Hadar, Parashat Pinchas 5777, regarding leadership and spirit. What are the required qualities of a leader? What makes a good leader? How is a retiring leader supposed to designate a successor? Our parasha suggests surprising and complex answers to these questions. One of the most dramatic moments in this week's Torah reading is when God informs Moshe how he will die and reminds him why he will not be allowed to continue to lead the people as they enter into the land of Israel. Ascend these heights of Avarim and view the land that I will have given to the Israelite people. When you have seen it, you too shall be gathered to your kin, just as your brother Aharon was. For in the wilderness of Tzin, when the community was contentious, you disobeyed my command to uphold my sanctity in their sight by means of the water. Those are the waters of Merivah Kadesh in the wilderness of Tzin. Later on in the book of Deuteronomy, Moshe begs for clemency. But here, in our parasha, Moshe seems to resign himself to his fate and turns his focus to the future. Moshe requests that God appoint a replacement for him. Let the Lord, God of the spirits of all flesh, appoint, Yifkod, someone over the community. Every word in this request is fascinating and loaded. We will here address just a few points. The word appointment, Yifkod, here comes from the root Pakad. Indeed, it is common in the Bible for this verb to be used when people are assigned to positions of authority. For example, the Torah describes how Yosef was assigned a position of authority by Potiphar. He took a liking to Yosef. He made him his personal attendant and appointed him Vayifkedehu to be in charge of his household, placing in his hands all that he owned. However, the root pakad can also invoke the sense of divine presence and intervention. In the very next verse of Yosef's story, we hear how this appointment affected Yosef and Potiphar's household. And from the time that the Egyptian appointed him to be in charge of his household, and of all he owned, the Lord blessed his house for Yosef's sake, so that the blessing of the Lord was upon everything that he owned in the house and outside. Even more directly, the root pakad is used by Yosef himself when he tells his brothers about a future redemption to take place at God's hands. As it says at length, Yosef said to his brothers, I am about to die. God will surely take notice of you and bring you up from this land to the land that he promised on the oath to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. In light of this linguistic connection, we can suggest that Moshe's request is not merely that God appoint a functional successor, but rather that this appointment carry with it divine presence and involvement, both for the leader and the people, as was the case in Moshe's life. Indeed, God goes above and beyond the call in responding to Moshe's request by choosing a man whose qualities 
are identical to Moshe's understanding of God's own qualities. Moshe spoke to the Lord, saying, Let the Lord, God of the spirits of all flesh, appoint someone over the community. And the Lord answered Moshe, Single out Yoshua son of Nun, a man imbued with spirit, and lay your hand upon him. The God of spirits appoints a man imbued with spirit. In early Midrashim from the period of the Mishnah, we find two dueling narratives that base themselves on the expression God of spirits, used here to describe God. In Sifra Bamidbar, God is described as one who is responsible for all spirits, a ruler and master over the lives of all people. And the Midrash says as follows, Let the Lord, God of the spirits of all flesh. Here scripture clarifies that there is no spirit that does not emerge from God. The Sifri's description proceeds to connect the phrase God of spirits to the root Pakad. Rabbi Eliezer, the son of Rabbi Yossi Haglili, says, As long as a person is alive, his soul is entrusted, Pakod, to his master. As it says, I will entrust my spirit in his hands. In this description, God is the God of spirits in account of being responsible for the spirits of human beings who entrust their spirits to him. But the explanation of a parallel midrash in Sifri Zuta reveals a different perspective. There, the God of the spirits is described as a God who can contain a variety of spirits, a diverse range of people. The emphasis here is not on God's authority, but God's capacity. Let the Lord, God of the spirits of all flesh, the God who knows the thoughts and spirit of each and every person, who is tall and who is short, who is measured and who is exacting. And so it says, the one who fashioned their hearts together and understands all their ways. And so it says, the Lord probes hearts. Different Midrashim then also connect God's nature as a God of spirits to the selection of Yoshua. Sifri Zuta, as we saw, describes God as one who understands what is distinctive about each and every human being. This text goes on to connect this divine quality with Moshe's request. The Lord said to Moshe, Take Yoshua. Since Moshe said, Let the Lord, God of the spirits of all flesh, the Omnipotent said to Moshe, your request has been granted, a man imbued with spirit. He will know how to engage those who are exacting as well as those who are measured. This is a fascinating midrash for a few reasons. First, as we noted, it aligns Moshe's description of God as God of spirits with God's description of Yoshua as a man imbued with spirit. Second, it suggests that Yoshua himself was a man who could embrace diverse people and engage with them. Third, the Midrash suggests that God understood from Moshe's mere description of the divine that Moshe was seeking a replacement imbued with the very qualities captured by that description.
Rashi clarifies and sharpens all of this for us. God of spirits. What is the point of this phrase? Moshe said to God, Master of the universe, everyone's unique and diverse thoughts are revealed and known to you. Appoint a leader for them who will be able to bear each and every one of them. And so Moshe's request and hope is for a leader who will be able to embrace the multivocality of the community and the diverse, varied individuals who comprise it. I will end with a note from an adjacent section of our parasha and a suggestion that these two are connected. Right before Moshe's request for a successor, we hear about the request of the daughters of Tzlofchat, give us an inheritance among our father's brothers. Moshe does not give them an immediate and direct answer. Rather, he refers the matter to God. Moshe brought their claim to God. The divine response is unambiguous. God said to Moshe as follows, Indeed, the daughters of Tzlofchat speak justly. God here is able to embrace the statements and claims of the daughters of Tzlofchat to proclaim them as just even when their words push beyond the mainstream thinking of the day. I would like to suggest that it is in Moshe's experience of God here that inspires him to turn to God as the God of spirits, the God who is capable of hearing many different voices and of bringing them into the divine realms of truth and justice. Perhaps this is how we should understand Moshe's request for a man imbued with spirit, someone who understands the spirits of different people. Perhaps Moshe understands and has internalized his own shortcomings. He was not able on his own to fully embrace all of the spirits and to accept the words of the daughters of Tzlofchat. He therefore hopes for a new leader who will succeed him and who can attain these divine heights. Shabbat Shalom.